Hello, hello, and welcome to a hungover edition of the Pick and Play podcast, <laughs> where we are going to be breaking down your NFL bets today and what to look for. Uh, so far, we already had two games, Saturday and uh, Sunday, and I want to start this pot off right, okay? I am willing to begin negotiations to come out of the forest on Josh Allen. I am, I, I believe that Josh Allen now through 13 games has increased his accuracy to a level I did not believe possible. Now, he still makes really fucking stupid decisions multiple times a game. So I'm not coming off this into an MVP. He is not up there with fucking Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. These people immediately throw him back up there. He is not trash. He is a team that, if you put a right system around him, can be really good. Um, but yesterday we saw it again. Again, he had a fumble in the pocket. Had no business. His ball control over fumbles is crazily bad. Uh, so he could improve that. He hasn't improved that. So it's just something to keep an eye on. He also can throw bad interceptions. He threw one yesterday. It should have been picked off by Denver. The guy dropped it. That happens very frequently. So... Let's start the pod. Josh Allen, you're not a terrible quarterback. I was wrong. Definitely wrong on that level. As long as his accuracy stays where it's at today and he's surrounded by good talent, they can't even run the ball and he's throwing the ball well. Um, so, Josh Allen, I'll move you up. My comp for you now is Tony Romo. Uh, you look great. You, you perform really well. You just seem to have these moments where your brain melts through and you turn the ball over or you collapse that that you know for Tony Romo it was due to the fact that he had very little supporting cast around him in terms of running the ball um, here in Buffalo we're kind of seeing some of the same things but I'm going to move Josh Allen from the trashed camp I'm no longer taking that stance I'm coming down off it Josh Allen is expect you to walk that back to start off this episode I didn't see that one coming I look I, I watch tape, I watch these guys play, I watch how everyone else is playing in the NFL, and when I go, hey, out of everyone I'm watching right now, you're definitely making, you, you've definitely got the ability to make the good play, make the strong throw, um, uh, so I'm, I'm going to walk that back to start here. Okay, I mean... With Josh Allen, I never hated him as much as you did, but he he's definitely shown me a lot. I know before the season I was complaining because I had Stefan Diggs in one of my dynasty leagues. And, and I remember saying, like, ah, it feels like a waste of a player now that he's in Buffalo. And quite the contrary. Quite the <laughs> contrary. Diggs has turned into one of the best receivers in the NFL, and Josh Allen looks like one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL didn't see that one coming before the season nope and when i look at it i'm not holding my head in the sand and pretending it's not happening he's definitely made strides people out there if you want to go ahead and say that you saw this in him that's fine um i will point out that if you look historically at a quarterback that made this kind of leap uh from a uh accuracy percentage wise completion of throws you can't really find it so if you saw this happening, you somehow saw Josh Allen as the only person in NFL history to make such a leap. So congrats to you and your fucking third eye. Um, <laughs> Let me ask you one thing before we move on. 
with Josh Allen, I remember hearing um, that he he didn't spend as much time in the offseason in college doing the whole seven on seven and yada yada. You know, he just didn't do much in the offseason leading up to his NFL career. Do you think that now that he's a professional and now that he, you know, it's his job to do it every single day and every single offseason, do you think that this is just natural development or do you think that this is coaching that somehow made him better? Oh, it's coaching. Um, Someone has coached his footwork. His footwork has improved dramatically. It's actually crazy. His ability to set throw, the the strength of his arm has really been shown this year multiple times. Uh, and, And, you know, last year when he showed off the strength of his arm, it was fired out of a noodle that fired into the stands or went three rows out of bounds. Um... Now you can see him make these pinpoint out throws straight up the gut. His, his mobile ability showing is more of a secondary skill. Um, all around, Josh Allen is an improved quarterback from a coaching, scheme, and execution perspective. He still turns the fucking ball over too many times, and that could bite them in the playoffs. But right now, they look like a capable team. So um, They're uh, on the year right now. Uh, I have, um, I just knocked another one up yesterday, but my, my best bets on the year, I'm 35, 27 and one. So I'm plus eight, which isn't great. I'm I'm trying to end the year around plus 15, 16, which basically gives you a winner a week. That's just the way it is. Um, it is a tough world overall. Uh, if the green Bay Packers would fuck off and fucking cover a game that they cover the entire game and then get pushed at the end. I'd, I'd be a lot happier, but I'm, I'm behind by six in my overall bets, which is picking every game, so that's a little tougher. Um, I still feel like these last three weeks I'll end up right around that 55% mark um, for my for, for picking overall, but we'll see. Uh, Green Bay yesterday barely covers against uh, Carolina. I am not a believer in Green Bay because they have these games where, you know, here's a good example. Um, Buffalo goes out and just lays the wood to Denver. Right across the board. Just every aspect whips them. Carolina goes into Green Bay. Green Bay comes out and clobbers them in the first half. 21-3. 21-3. I'm like, okay, this game's going to get ugly. No, actually what's going to happen is Green Bay is going to turn off all the valves. And they do this so many times. They jump up on a team and then they just relax. I don't know if it's relaxing. The other team just coaches them out of it. I have no clue. But they just completely fall off the map. So... I don't know, but watching that game last night, I never really felt like Carolina was truly threatening. I know that in the second half, it was a one-score game for a little while there, but I never felt like Carolina was going to do it to them. No, I didn't either. It's just, do you want to be the team that gets flukied out because they have a weird play that get breaks for a touchdown and now you're tied? Like, it's what Bill Belichick always used to say, and it's a coaching philosophy. Um Bill said, my job is to score points. Your job is to stop me. I'm going to score points, and you're going to try to stop me because I'm not going to end up as one of these teams that has something break weird at the end of the game, and now all of a sudden we're fucking tied. I mean, when you look at the Ravens-Browns game earlier this week, um, the Ravens were up two touchdowns. Lamar gets cramps or craps or whatever you want to call them, and then he has to run. like craps to me. uh, You know, it's a 40-minute crap. That would be, you know, that would be insane but um so he runs you know runs out of the game all of a sudden your two score game a two score lead evaporates and now you're down one okay that can just happen 
So the reason why you want to be up as much as possible is those random unknowns. You don't want to be sitting there in front of the reporters the other day and go, well, the, you know, we kept the game close because we figured we had it under control. But when Aaron went out, we, you know, we kind of lost momentum and, and, and they took advantage of that. OK, well, when Aaron was in, you should have been up by more and you could have been. You just, again, take your foot off the gas. And that's how you end up as one of those fucking weird teams in the playoffs that you get bounced unexpectedly by someone that comes back because you're not you're not your mentality isn't to just kill and eliminate your mentality is to just do enough and then coast through the game and i don't like that philosophy um i think that embodies the wrong the the, the wrong things you're trying to preach through your te- your your team uh, as you head into the playoffs but you know they push again which irritates me so okay let's run through some of these games and uh ones that we're going to talk about uh and, and really, there, there aren't a ton with big playoff implications, but we'll talk about a couple that, that I like the spread on. Um, Detroit is minus, uh, Detroit is plus 11 at Tennessee. Derrick Henry is trying for 2,000 yards this year. Um, I will say that he, is, he was a dark horse candidate 100%. We, you know, we both have been talking about this. Unfortunately, your guys' really humiliating loss to the Browns is what's going to eliminate him from an MVP discussion. But talk about your boy getting 2,000 yards. I think as of right now, he needs, uh, I want to say, like 157 yards per game. Per game, Over yep. these last three games to, to break 2,000. And I think that if Derrick Henry is going to break 2,000, then we need another 200-piece today. We, we need 200 yards, another two touchdowns. I personally think that three monster weeks to finish the season could still have him in the conversation. I don't think he'll win it, but I think he might steal some votes, you know, if he, if he can finish the season strong. Uh, but this is really, at this point in the season for the Titans, it's about staying healthy. We need this win against the Lions, but the playoffs is – all but locked up. Yep. I, I think the Titans with a win and I think a Baltimore loss today, they actually do clinch their, their playoff spot. So it's really about staying healthy. If Derrick Henry, you know, they, the Titans need Derrick Henry down the stretch. So I'm very okay with them giving him 15 to 18 carries and then saying, no, we're saving you for the stretch. Uh, but I, we're going to find out early if he's going for that 2,000 yard mark or not. Uh, Vrabel, being... Vrabel take him out. Vrabel took him out of the game last week in, in late third quarter where there was a lot of room for Derrick Henry probably could have broke 300 last week yep. if, if, if the Titans wanted to do that but oh. they didn't want to do that they took him out as soon as the game was in hand so I don't know I guess we're going to see with that I don't think he plays the last week of the season so I don't think he's got a real shot at it unless he gets 250 today and like you said, Vrabel's already got an eye on the playoffs. So once they secure these wins and they're up two, three scores, they're pulling the plug, which is a little while. This is a little reason why um, we're getting towards that time. Okay, so so for all the gamblers out there, something to keep an eye on is these big spreads for teams that already have playoffs locked up. Like Leo said, they will shut their players down late in the game, which sends the whole signal to everyone that this is kind of wrapping up you 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 know you're minus 11 today Detroit's gonna probably play pretty tough the whole way through yeah I don't like the minus 11 just to be up front with that yeah because Stafford is playing and the Titans still can't stop the pass so 
I just don't like minus 11, even if I do have the Titans winning the game and maybe even controlling the whole game, Stafford's still going to be out there throwing the entire time, and so I don't like the 11-point win. It's just a tough thing to cover if fourth quarter comes along and Tennessee Titans are trying to run the ball to run the clock out and Derrick Henry's on the bench and they stumble two or three runs and you you looked up and you had a 14-point lead with three minutes left in the game. I have bad news for you what happens next. Stafford backdoor covers you and you're sitting there pissed off so that you know that's just one that I'm putting out there to say hey everyone keep an eye on that's one where like you said Tennessee just needs to win and a Baltimore loss I don't think you'll get the Baltimore loss today but you will get your win Um, and then I think that you're just gonna wait for the math to play out next week so uh, next game we talked about Baltimore Baltimore is a 13 point underdog now here's a little bit of the difference Baltimore needs to win every single game. Um, Not from a math perspective, but just from a general, how are you doing? They got to win these last three. Um, Jacksonville, Jacksonville landed in Baltimore today with no punter. No punter. They have no punter on their roster. So this is going to be a blowout. No punter, top four cornerbacks out. Now, on the Ravens' side, full disclosure... Um, they are about as banged up as you can get as a squad on defense. It's fucking tough. Um, they, if, if I remember correctly, they have one member in their secondary, two members in their secondary, sorry, that aren't hurt. Everyone else could miss today's game. So, um. Can I jump in and ask you a quick fantasy question? Yeah. All right. So the Ravens are missing a couple people in the backfield. Uh, in the defensive backfield, and it looks like the Jaguars are also missing a bunch of pieces. Yep. Do you expect this to be a shootout? I have DJ Chark. I'm not sure if I if I should be playing DJ Chark or not. Right now, he's on my bench, but I, I'm just not sure where to go with that. How do you feel about the I, Jaguars' offense versus your defense? I like the Jaguars' wide receivers just pick up a whole bunch of crap yards today, like a ton of crap yards. Um, he just a here's an idea of who's who's in for the Ravens okay Jimmy Smith is basically our third string corner he is out for the game um Devontae Harris Marcus Peters both corners Traymon Williams and Anthony Averett these are our two three four five corners basically the entire depth all of them are questionable now most of them played Friday most of them practice Friday but they're all questionable. Also questionable, Calais Campbell um, and Derek Wolf. So the interior of the offensive line, the defensive line could be banged up in the entire secondary. Now the court, the, so when I look at that, I go, you know, it's a, it, the Ravens should win this game. But again, the over-under is 47 and a half. I, I, I think I'm just going to take the over 47 in this game, not worry about the 13, because... There's just a lot, a lot of room for the Jaguars to just throw the ball around. Will they fuck up and be the Jaguars? Yes. Is the Jaguars' defense decimated? Yes. But so is the Ravens' defense. With what could we could have one healthy corner on the field today. So keep that in mind. I like the Jacksonville Jaguars' wide receivers to get yards today. I look at this as a. you know, and who knows, maybe Jacksonville comes up to Baltimore. It's cold right now. It's 30. They're used to 70-degree weather. But, you know, I was just down there, and it's not 70-degree weather down there. So they could come up here and have a little bit of a struggle due to the cold and the wind. Uh, but 
I, I like the I like the corners to get it going. So I like that. I like the Baltimore game. I like the over forty seven and a half. Yeah, this should be a game that Baltimore wins pretty easily. I, I don't think that you should have to watch much of this game past the third quarter, maybe. Yep. Um, okay, Houston, Indy, this is a big game for you. Uh, Houston is getting seven and a half. This game they played two weeks ago. Um, now, after that two weeks, Houston lost, what, three people to steroids? Uh, because Brian Cushing, the meathead, is the <laughs> Houston Texans fucking straight trainer. Like, what the fuck was that about? You mean the guy that was getting busted for fucking PEDs is your strength Every trainer? Like, year. like, what is wrong with you fucking idiots? And then your team starts getting busted. You're like, God, you're just... You want to know a sign of a horribly run organization? That's it. Whoever goes into Houston... Um, Whoever goes into Houston gets a franchise quarterback and nothing else. And that's tough. Like, um, we'll, we'll throw a hypothetical out there to you in a second. But Houston in the Houston plus seven and a half. Um, I think Houston's chance to win or keep it close happened last week. I see no chance of that happening this week. I actually like Indy minus seven and a half. How do you feel about this game? Uh, this game, they normally play each other close, the the Colts and Texans. And I think two weeks ago when they played, it was yep. a one-score game for the majority of the game. I don't remember what the final score was. Watson fumbled the ball going into the end zone. They were, they were down at, like, first and goal to win the game. And Deshaun Watson fumbled the handoff, and the Colts recovered it. Right. See, I, I just think the, te- the Texans play them tough. You know, the Texans, yeah. they're not that good this year. They're, they're banged up all over the place. But... Like we always say, when it's a divisional matchup, I kind of throw all of that crap out the window. Yep. And I expect this to be a close game. I'm actually not sure if I like Indy. You said minus seven and a half? Yep. I'm, I might get it. I might try to get it down to six if I were you because I think that this is going to be a one-score game. I don't see Indy steamrolling them by any means. Yeah, I actually think that Houston is um... – <sighs> Houston, that backbreaker against Indy that they had, to it wasn't to save their season, but to be respectable in the season. Once they lost that, they just went up to Chicago last week and got absolutely turned inside out. Uh, this week is in Indy. Um, I just think that Indy's starting to move in the right... Like, now at the end of the year, we're starting to see teams move. And they're either moving towards the playoffs or down in the playoff ranking. And look, that doesn't matter when you get into the playoffs. It's just you know, survive in advance. But, you know, you look at a team like the Steelers the last couple of weeks seem to be on a downtrend. The Bills are taking off in the right direction. The Ravens have seemed to right the ship. Tennessee's taking control of that division. Um, Indy has started to string wins together. You, you know, some teams are rising up and playing with that momentum. And normally, I'll tell you this, you can look and go, why is this team doing well? Well, it's normally because at the end of the year, a lot of teams are suffering injuries and trying to figure out the pieces they need to put together to overcome those injuries. And then there are the teams that are not injured. And they just keep rolling because they're not having to fucking worry about how do I hide, you know, corner number two, three, and four in this game. They don't have to worry about that. They get to focus on executing. And when your mind is free and you get to focus on executing, you tend to do a better job. So a lot of times, you know, we talk about the Steelers, how they seem to be struggling recently. Well, they've lost a lot of offensive linemen. Ben seems to be injured and their defense keeps losing people. So you go, well, why is this team collapsing? Okay, well, let's look at their parts. You lose two offensive linemen. Okay, that's going to suck. Your quarterback's dinged up. Okay, that's going to suck. You lose your second best pass rusher. You lose your first best corner. 
Okay, well, they're going to have fucking negative impact on your team. Oh, they're not out for the year. Okay, cool. When do they come back? Probably three or four weeks. I wonder when that is. That's the fucking playoffs. So a lot of these teams are going to kind of resurrect as you get towards playoff time because people come back and they're healthy. But it's also the reason why teams start to slide is they start to lose players and they can't coach it up. I think Houston's in that mix. You lose all those players. You take a couple injuries. Now you're going back to Indy. Indy is Indy except their left tackle, which you're keeping in, which I'm keeping an eye on, is pretty healthy. That T.Y. Hilton seems to be re-emerging from his injury, so um, it is a division game. But I'm, I'm keeping an eye on these injuries across the board. All right, let go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that the resurgence of T.Y. Hilton's been interesting. Yeah, I, I thought he was done. Honestly, I thought he was cooked because for the last. However long it's been since Andrew Luck played football, yeah. he has not been that great. And and over the last like four or five weeks, he's been one of the best receivers in the or one of the most productive receivers in the league at least. Yep. It's been nice to see the resurgence, even though I hate them. Yep, and it's it's injuries. You get healthy and you move through it. Um, all right, let's keep it chugging along. Remember, there have already been three games this week, so there's less games on the Sunday slate. Uh, the other fun thing is, you know, it's not necessarily all bundled up at the fucking top here for uh, the Sunday slate. We do have uh, three late games, which the creme de la creme game is, is the latest. But uh, let's continue to slide down this board. Tampa Bay and Atlanta. Tampa Bay minus six. No Julio Jones. I like Tampa Bay minus six. I just think that while Atlanta's a frisky team and this may be an interesting game towards the end, the Tampa Bay's offense is just going to put up about probably 28 to 35, and I think Atlanta is going to be stuck around 21. So I like that. I game. do like that as well. I think the Bucks should be safe here for a cover. However, yep. another one of those divisional yep. matchups, and I know that the Falcons, they hate the Bucks, and so I, you know, I, I wouldn't be that surprised to see the Falcons get a little frisky and this come down to a Tom Brady, you know, fourth quarter drive, maybe a suck up field goal. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see that, but uh, my money would be on the on the Bucks covering that game. The Falcons have been friskier though since they let go of Dan Quinn. They look yeah, they're time. frisky. That's a dead cat bounce, dead cat bounce. So um, there's nothing really. There's no life in that. There's you know that you know some people are like oh Raheem Morris deserves a shot to be the head coach again, just like every single. I'll tell you this. No quicker way for me to mute you and think that your opinion is worthless. Well, I won't even say think. I know your opinion's fucking worthless. If you are provoking, if you are, not provoking, but if you are standing up and saying that Anthony Lynn deserves a second chance to, 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 to coach the Chargers again next year. Um, if you're saying that on Twitter, I just block you. Um, because you obviously don't watch any part of a San Diego or San Diego, LA game. You just don't. You can't watch Anthony Lynn for more than 10 minutes and then go, this guy deserves another shot. No, he doesn't. He's not a good head coach. He's a horrible head coach, actually. He's horrible. And as long as he's in any team's starting position, I will be rooting against Not rooting against you, because I just love watching you fuck things up. But I'll be betting against you and making a lot of money. Um, likewise, Raheem Morris. We've seen this fucking show. Okay, they're a little better since Dan Quinn's fired. So what that tells you is there's some talent on that team. But do we trust the guy Dan Quinn fucking hired? To, he's going to be the one to turn you around? The guy Dan Quinn hired. The guy you no, fired. No, absolutely not. It's a crazy fucking thing to say. 
okay, so the the GM's gone, the head coach is gone. You know, we should keep that uh, the defensive coordinator that's been doing a decent job. Maybe he can get us to eight and eight every year. Like, what the fuck are we shooting for? So. I fucking hate that. And just for that, I'm going against the Bucs. I'm going to take the Bucs. I'm going against the Falcons, taking Bucks Bucs my six. Um, the, the- One thing I think to note is I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that Ronald Jones is going to miss this game today against the Falcons. Yeah. The Bucks run game has looked absolutely atrocious when not handing the ball to Ronald Jones. So uh, we'll see if the Falcons can make them a little one-dimensional, you know, make Brady start having to do a little too much that that's the way in which i could see the falcons kind of crashing the party a little bit here if the falcons crash the party so be it i'm all in um because you know i also don't care about tampa or tampa bay um tom brady having a bad season uh is is fine with me um next up washington football team okay i did say they'd have one of the best lines in the nfl right I said that that would dominate games. I called that. I saw that. Guess what they have? They may have the best defensive line right now in the NFL. Right on fucking target. Here comes Seattle into there. I'm taking Washington football team plus six and a half today. I think you're crazy because I'm pretty sure that Dwayne Haskins is starting at quarterback today. And anytime Dwayne Haskins is starting at quarterback, I'm going the opposite way. Yeah. So... Although Washington has won seven of their last eight games against the Seahawks, and they're hot, and this defense looks like it might be the best unit in the league, if not now, in the very near future, I'm still going to go with the Seahawks because I don't trust Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. I don't trust him for anything. I don't disagree. I think that Washington's going to run the ball like 40 times today. So one of the reasons I like the six and a half is I think this is going to be a fast game. I think, I think, one, the Seahawks are going to be reticent to put Russell Wilson in a position of passing because the Washington football team can eat you alive. And we actually saw the game plan on how to really control Russell in the Giants. We knew this before. If you run too deep on Russell and then can get pressure on him, you take away a lot of what he likes to do. So I really think that six and a half is a lot for a team in Seattle that has no real dominating... Uh, I just don't see them as this overwhelming force to dominate you. And coming into Washington, a team where, uh, you know, you are resting Alex Smith, you do are starting Dwayne Haskins. I, I still like the matchup, so I'm going to take... Okay, just another thing to keep your eye on before you actually put the money on. Uh, you said that you you think Washington's going to run the ball 40 times today or at least try to run it 40 times today. Yeah, Gibson's out. Their best running back, Antonio Gibson, is going to miss today's game with turf toe. Just throwing yeah. that out there, they're going to be handing it to J.D. McKissick. McKissick. Yep. And I don't really have a problem with McKissick. I think that I honestly think that the Washington football, the interior of the Washington football team's line is pretty good on the offense. Uh, their 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 left tackle, their right tackle, leave a lot to be desired. But their interior is pretty good, and I wouldn't be surprised if they run. You know, this is a team with Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera. I believe this is a team that will have no problem. See, I think this game ends twenty three seventeen. And I win with my little hook. That's where I have this game. I have the Seahawks. I believe the Seahawks will try to run the ball too. So I just think this is going to be a fast game where you go, no team's going to be able to be up by seven or more, and it's safe. So I look at last minute coming down the field. If Dwayne Haskins has shown any type of maturity or an improvement, and we have no clue if he has or hasn't, I believe the answer is no, he hasn't. But 
Um, we don't really know. That's just a guess. So, you know, I don't know. If he, if he comes in with his head on uh, and he's serious about playing for a football team that's trying to win the division, uh, this is a, to me, this is his last ride. Um, if Dwayne Haskins can't get motivated to participate in practices and film study before this game uh, for a team that's winning, you know, in, in position to win their division by winning out, then you have no hope in the NFL. Because if the playoffs don't get your fucking dick hard, you know, you're in the fucking wrong field. Because that's all this is about. If Alex Smith was the starting quarterback for this game, I think I'd be picking Washington. Yeah. I just think that Alex Smith's been really limited the past couple weeks. And when you watch him play, it's not good at all. Uh, No, you're right. He just doesn't turn the ball over. That's how much I don't like Haskins. Yeah, I I, I can't totally deny that. Um, Let me flip to a game that I think is going to be a little under people's radar. San Francisco minus three against the Dallas Cowboys. This is is coaching malpractice. I believe that the 49ers will win this game by two, three scores. They're only minus three. This is going to be a best bet on the day for me. that San Francisco is going to run the ball all over Dallas all day long. All kinds of weird shit. Control the game. Their defense will be stout. They'll hold this Cowboys team down, and then they'll pummel them with the running game. I really think that this game, the 49ers win this game running away. So I know it's, it's only minus three, but when you look at the coaching, Kyle Shanahan versus Mike McCarthy. And end and, of discussion. Uh, I'm with you. End I, I of discussion. I don't really have anything to add in this matchup. But... Yep. I, honestly, this game better not touch my TV. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, just a, a, a caveat: Dallas has won five of their last six games against San Francisco. Not yeah. that that's going to matter today, because yeah. I'm sure Dak was there for most of those. But just throwing it out there: the Cowboys have a good history against San Fran. Yeah, uh, you know, and you you mentioned this this something about Washington beating Seattle like seven of the last eight times. Um, I if I'm not completely mistaken uh the one win that seattle has there is the only one that matters it was a playoff game where rg3 blew his leg out in fedex field so um you can you can go you know when we talk about wins and losses there's only a few that actually matter (laughs) and when you go well we've beaten them every time except when it mattered the most i go well yeah exactly um all right, that takes care of our one o'clock slate. We f- we fly into four o'clock real quick with not with not a ton to really touch on. Let let's let's do a quick overview. Uh, Eagles Cardinals. This is uh, Jalen Hurts show now. If the Eagles want any chance of making the playoffs, it all rests on Hurts. No idea Wentz just fell out of the sky, but Cardinals Eagles exciting matchup. I think it's a nice four o'clock game they gave us. I, th- I think that'll have everyone's you know uh, partial attention. I'm really excited about this matchup. Yeah. This one will be on my TV on the biggest box. Uh, I think that this matchup is going to be exciting because you got two mobile quarterbacks. They're young. They're exciting. The Oklahoma guys. But I, I want to take a step back for a second. Were you part of Carson Wentz hive? Uh, I did like Carson Wentz, yeah. I've been saying since they drafted Hurts to go ahead and throw him in there. I don't know what it is about Carson Wentz, but I was never a huge fan. Anytime you get injured and then your team elevates and wins a Super Bowl, it makes me look at you suspect. I don't care if you yep. had an MVP year. Um, and they looked all right with Jalen Hurts last week. What would you think? I mean, he ran for 100 yards. The passing game was very mediocre, yep. but he took care of the ball. What would you think about his debut? That's it. He took care of the ball. That's the that's the big difference. He took care of the fucking ball. Carson Wentz leads the NFL in turnovers. 
He took care of the ball. No shit. You don't turn the ball over twice a game, you tend to do better. And look, Carson Wentz, I don't know what happened here. Um, and people act like it was one season. They went to the playoffs the next year, too. Uh, I mean, they've been going to the playoffs. This isn't a team that's been um, horrible. We're a few years away from a Super Bowl. Remember, they, they beat Chicago in the double doink game. Um, they, they, they have wins, so it's not like they've been terrible with Wentz. This year, Wentz, no idea. No idea what happened with Wentz. He fell off a complete map. And some people go, well, there's there's underlying stats that you can point to to show where um, Wentz, you know, was always this guy. Go, no, no, watch the fucking film. This is not the same fucking guy. The turnovers are through the roof. I don't care what the other stats are. He he's all, what does he have? 15 picks or something like that? Like, you just can't play nine games and give the ball over three times a game personally. So, you know, this to me was about Carson Wentz. Um, it, Carson Wentz really uh, kind of falling completely off the wagon. We've seen no improvement from him from a, a mechanic standpoint. And the injuries have caught up, and now that totaled the bus. Um, Honestly, I think it's the exact same, and I know we've had this conversation off mic, but I think it's the exact same thing that happened with Marcus Mariota. Mm. You know, there was a lot of promise. You look good, then you get hurt. And then you come back, and the the offensive line doesn't do you any favors, you get hurt again. And eventually you get your ass whooped so much that you're just like, ah. You know, you you start going away from the fundamentals. You start throwing balls that you shouldn't have thrown. You start seeing ghosts. And I think that that's what happened with Wentz. The the mental aspect of the game is the hardest part to, to uh, not just challenge but overcome. Uh, and it's it, I think too, not too many, but the right amount of quarterbacks get sucked into it. All right, next game is going to be a best bet for me. Rams minus 17 against the Jets. Rams at home. I think this is going to be an absolute slaughter fuck. Um, give me the Rams minus 17. I don't really think we need to add much to that. I don't think so either. The Jets look like they're actively trying to lose, and the Rams look like they're the best defense in the league. So you put those two things together, I think the Rams win big. Yep. Uh, And then we have the creme de la creme game. How this didn't get flexed into the Monday night slot, or the Sunday night slot. Browns and Giants got flexed into that slot, which we have Chief Saints. Now, I guess CBS wasn't going to let them move it, so that's really what it was. CBS wasn't going to let them move it. But Chief Saints... Best matchup of the day today. Drew Brees with his deflated chest comes back. Um, <laughs> absolutely deflated. Chiefs are minus three. Saints are plus three. I don't know. Do we call the upset here and say the Saints win? What do you got? I don't know, but deflated chest is hilarious. <laughs> it was. The guy blew. The guy landed on him and blew out every rib that uh, Drew Brees owned. They were, they were fucking, it was so bad that four days after the guy blew Drew Brees' chest out, they were finding more broken bones in the back of the closet. So, the, he so got I, fucked up and he's 41. I'm going to go with the team that has the best quarterback in the league who's not coming off of a deflated chest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think that the Chiefs are going to, I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, barring... Drew Brees' health, I guess we're going to see how healthy he is, but if they're going to bench Taysom Hill, I'm guessing they feel okay, because Hill's been at least serviceable for them. Yeah. Uh, I, I got Mahomes, to put it simply. The Chiefs have won 10 straight road games, the longest active streak right now. They're great on the road. They're going to be playing in a dome. I expect 
I expect a huge game from Mahomes. I'm talking 380 yards, four touchdowns, something like that. So I'm on board. I'm going uh, Chiefs as well. I don't really have anything to cover on the uh, Browns-Giants game because, you know, fuck me. Uh, The Steelers-Bengals Monday night game, fuck me. Uh, These are both horrible, horrible games. I'm going to take... I'm going to take the Browns and the, and, the, and the Steelers most likely, but I'm going to let a whole day marinate before I decide. Um, any other thoughts on the NFL this week before we move forward? Wrap this up. Uh, I'm really curious, and it might not be a you know it might not be a marquee matchup, but I'm very curious to watch this Dolphins Patriots matchup. Yeah, uh, just because it's Flores versus Belichick. My little Dolphins. And the fact that Belichick rookie quarterbacks are seven and twenty-one against Bill Belichick as a head coach. I know, so as yeah. much as I like Tua in this, uh, I like Tua, you know, long-term and short-term, and I like the Dolphins, I don't feel that great about their prospects today because of how good Bill is against rookies. And so that's just one of those little side matchups yep. that I'm really curious about. I'm going to highlight something about that. Um, this is where, be careful with stats like that. Uh, we should be looking at, going okay so how is bill belichick against rookie quarterbacks um when tom brady isn't his starting quarterback i think there's a when you go 18 years of dominating the entire nfl there are going to be a lot of stats that get attributed to you that have no no basis on your team today tom brady and bill belichick crushed everyone not just rookies for 18 years going to nine super bowls and winning six so to me, I look at this and I, I, you know, that stat you're going to hear all day long. And look, earlier this year, they beat Justin Herbert, right? Um, rookie quarterback. They made Justin Herbert look like he didn't belong in the league. Yes. And he's been lighting it up. Well, the truth is they made Anthony Lynn look like Anthony Lynn doesn't belong in the league. And that's because Anthony Lynn doesn't belong in the league. That's fair. That's fair. So when I look at this, I go, there's my boy Flores and a team that's going to fight. Now, remember, this is also a team that beat the Patriots last year to knock them out of the one seed with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, this is a good opportunity for the the Dolphins, where later in the season, at home, I think this is an opportunity for the Dolphins to kind of make a statement game. One and a half is the spread. Uh, I'll probably just take Miami getting the points, but, I mean, yes, Bill's great, and that's because it's coaching, okay, but... Here's another thing to keep in mind with this stat. How many times is Bill Belichick beating a rookie where the head coach is a respectable head coach? Like, these are the stats I'd like to drill down on. Okay, Bill, when you don't have Tom goddamn Brady, the GOAT of all time, right? You know, when you don't have the GOAT quarterback, so you're not going Bill Belichick, greatest coach of all time, Tom Brady, greatest quarterback of all time, versus rookie quarterback and and rookie head coach. Because normally when you have a rookie quarterback, you have a rookie head coach because you brought them both in at the same time. So there are a lot of hidden stats to be careful of when you dig into it, and you need to understand the why behind it. And it's because Bill's a superior coach. He most likely can put a rookie in a box, figure out what the other team's trying to do, and 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 hold them back. The thing that he doesn't have to push that win across the finish line is the fucking fact that he doesn't have Tom Brady anymore. He's got Cam Newton, and Cam Newton's got one-tenth of an arm. So the under's 41 in this game. That's all you need to know. 41 is fucking nothing in today's NFL. Watch this final score is going to be like 17 to 6. I could easily yes. see that. Yes. No. Oh, look. How about 13 to 7? 13 10. 18 15. 
Like, how does this game, how does either, t if this turns into a, a scoring fest, then I have no clue what to think. But it, I think this is one of the better matchups of the day with a lot of playoff implications for the Dolphins. Dolphins lose this game. They're going to be in a tough spot going forward. I really want to see Miami in the playoffs. So I, <laughs> You're telling I'm not me. a Dolphins fan, but I just kind of like them. You kind of, I, you dragged me onto the bus and now I'm comfy. Yeah, they're fun. I, they're I fun. Want to see them in the play. I don't want to see my Titans play them in the playoffs, yeah. but I would like to see them in the playoffs. The The Dolphins are a fun young team that really shouldn't be competing at the level they're competing with the talent they have. Their picks are starting to they, they they're turning over a lot of picks. They have a lot coming up. They're going to fucking have uh, a lot of draft capital to make this team better. It looks like they have their remember they get the Houston picks this year. So, um there's they, they just you know this was a team that i said at the beginning of the year i thought would be a year away but i loved everything they were putting together um they have arrived a little earlier than i expected now they are eight and five they lose today you're eight and six that's not exactly an easy schedule so they could still go belly up that's why i'm not completely banging that drum yet but yeah no they need 10 wins they need 10 wins and they're going to end the year with uh new england las vegas and buffalo they got well. Buffalo might not be playing for too much in in the last week of the season, so I guess we'll see. But if that's for the division, what's Buffalo's record now? Uh, what are they? Ten and three, oh, ten and four. Ten and four. Okay, so the division's not locked up. If if Buffalo slips, thirteen up a and three. Bit, thirteen and three. It's and th over. Or eleven and three. I'm sorry. Eleven and three. Eleven and three. It's over. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's over. Yep. And that's fine. Look, Buffalo probably isn't going to have their starters on the end of the year, but you still have to beat New England and Las Vegas. And, you know, Buffalo may have their starters because if Buffalo can win a game, if Buffalo can win out and the Steelers lose another game, then Buffalo gets the two seed. And a lot of people are going, well, why do you care between the two, three, and four seed? Well, you know, the reason why you care is you want a home game week one and week two. You don't want to fucking have to travel. Especially with COVID, with with travel over the holidays and restrictions kind of all over the place. You don't want to travel. You have a COVID outbreak going into the playoffs, you're fucked. So you want to be able to hunker down, control what you can control. And if you go, hey, we're going to be like Buffalo gets the two seed. We're home for two weeks, regardless. You want to be the two seed. The three seed's going to have to, could have to play Kansas City. You want the two seed and you want to hold it down. So Buffalo could be fighting for a play, fighting for the two seed come the end of the year if pittsburgh slips a game up buffalo needs to win out because buffalo beat them head to head and would have the tiebreaker so th these teams may play to the end of the year we're gonna have to keep an eye on that all right we're gonna get out of here get this up for everyone so they can listen to it today you can find me on pick and play 37 on twitter you can find leo at pick and scroll um as always rate subscribe review reach out to us let us know how you feel what you want us to talk about we'll hit those topics we have an nba pod and nfl pod going until the end of the nfl season and then we will just be driving into the nba that'll be coming to you every single week so everyone out there stay safe peace